Mountain. Hi, Joni. Welcome back, listeners, to the Catholic Traveler podcast, where we are taking you through the station churches every day in Lent through Rome. And today is a special day, not necessarily this, I mean, we'll talk about the station church, but happy Feast of St. Joseph, everybody. Yeah, big day. It's a big day. So it's the year of St. Joseph. Um, it's the Feast of St. Joseph, and it's his big feast. So St. Joseph is one of those saints that has two feast days. Not many, not many saints have two feast days. He has two. This is his big one. So this is a solemnity, Joseph, husband of Mary. His other feast day is May 1st. It's Joseph the worker, and that's just like a memorial. But this is a solemnity. And in the church, that's the highest feast we can have, and it's higher than a feast. Um, so you'll be singing the Gloria, which we haven't heard for all of Lent. Priests will be in white. And this year, this year, because the solemnity falls on a Friday, you don't have to abstain from meat today, which is really exciting. So it's not like you're getting a loophole from your bishop. It's not like you need a a dispensation the canon law, when it talks about absence from meat, says, except on solemnities, which today is a solemnity. So very exciting. Don't um, don't think this happens every Feast of St. Joseph, but because today is the feast day, it's a solemnity, it's a Friday, you stick it to the devil and you eat steak today. All right. So you want to get to our church now that we're sticking sure. it to the devil and eating meat? <laughs> Yes. Happy Feast of St. Joseph. Today's Station Church has nothing to do with St. Joseph, and it is near the Station Church yesterday. It's kind of near Mary Major, um, and it's called San Eusebio. Right. So it's not in a part of town that many people go. Like if you're at St. Mary Major, you probably wouldn't walk over here. It's actually, it's gotten, uh, Joni made a face. Um <laughs> <laughs> It used to not be a very savory part of town. Right. And it's still not. It's um it's kind of behind the train station. So you know, usually train stations attract <laughs> not the best crowds. Um but there's a there's a park here that they just finished renovating and I think they're trying to clean up the area a little bit and they did a really good job. It's oh. really clean. It looks really nice. Um, there's a basketball court there, which is something you don't see a lot in Italy. Um, so maybe it's going to have like a revitalization. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. There's a bar over here that I've been wanting to go to for years called the Gatsby. And it's oh, kind of I remember a, driving by that. You yeah. It's kind of it a out. great Gatsby themed bar. Fun. It looks really cool. So that's maybe someday. Fun. Um yeah, if anyway. it wasn't lockdown, you could go there to celebrate the Feast of St. Joseph. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not necessarily the worst part of town. Although it's funny when I was reading the history of it, Liz Lev mentions that in the Republican times, like the Roman Republic, it was also an unsavory area. So I kind of chuckled. Yep. History. Re- changed, yeah, history. Well, I wouldn't yeah. say it repeats. It's like still the same. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but... It's a good church. I In my journal, I wrote, this church wasn't supposed to be beautiful, but I think it was. It's nice. It's so one of those churches that looks and feels really old inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of set back from the road a little bit. 
there's a tiny little piazza out front and some stairs that lead up into the church. And then when you walk in, it's very old looking, although it's been rebuilt, I think in the 1200s or something. Yeah. But it so, is one of the original parishes, so it, it, it does date back. Um, so it is old, but not the current structure. Right. And so the guy, Eusebius, he was a priest. He was condemned to die of starvation. Um, he would celebrate Mass every day at his home here, um, I guess until he died. And then it was Pope Liberius, who we heard about with St. Mary Major, who consecrated the house made it into a church, Titulus Usibli, I think. And so that's when it became one of the first parishes in Rome. So this would have been like Liberius's neighborhood. He lived over here. He built St. Mary Major when it snowed, and then he dedicated this house as well um, to become a church. There you go. That's who he is. Gregory made it a station church. Right. Um, It's interesting with Eusebius, we think everybody back then died by Roman emperors who hated the church. The sad thing about Eusebius is he was actually condemned to death by starvation by a Arian emperor, Constantinus, they're all named Constantine. But so we we see this kind of troubling um, thing in the church where sometimes you're Sometimes you're sentenced to death by Christians. I mean, he was a he was a heretic, but um, Eusebius was condemned for being um, faithful to the church by someone who wasn't faithful to the church. And we saw that yesterday. To pope Saint Martin, who I mentioned, Martin the first was our last martyred pope in the seventh century, but he was not martyred by by Roman people who persecuted the church. He was martyred by an emperor who disagreed with him on matters of doctrine. Um, and shameless plug, I wrote about Pope St. Martin on integratedcatholiclife.org, where I write every Friday. So if you search Pope Martin, you'll find my little reflection on him. Um, but it's a good reminder to us that, you know, it's not always the guys in the black hats that kill Christians. Sometimes it's fellow Christians who are disagreeing, and that's sad. The guys in the black hats? <laughs> Well, you know, like we like to think like there's the other guy, like the bad guys and the good guys. And like sometimes it gets really messy. I mean, heretics are bad guys, but yeah, I just didn't know know about the black hat reference. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I talk a lot about the guys in the black hats and the guys in the white hats. Really? Well, because people think like life is like a Western and you're going to hear like scary music when the evil guys come. But I've never I've never heard you say black hats. Oh, well, you're not around me enough, I guess. I talk to you like every day. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'll start saying it more often. Anyway, um, so, so UCBS was martyred, and this is his church, and his relics are here. Yeah, and there's something that happens here every year, January 17th. It's the blessing of animals. So hmm. in America, we think that that's something that happens with St. Francis, the Feast of St. Francis. Um, but this started at the church down the street, St. Anthony's Church, not Padua the other St. Anthony. Um, So they used to do, he's the patron saint of animals, so he used to do the blessing of animals at that church. Um, The church is right on a busy street, right in front of St. Mary Major. There's really no place to bless the animals. And so they moved it down the street to today's church because of that park that's out front and there's a little piazza. Um, I don't know that they've done it the last two years. Well, maybe last year they did it. I don't know. But yeah, blessing of the animals, January 17th at this church. Nice. I've never been, so I don't know anything about it. I don't have any animals here. Um, they do something similar in St. Peter's Square, or not in the square, but outside the piazza. Um, oh. People bring farm animals. 
I've so seen like, that on your Instagram stories. Yeah, they bring cows yeah. and pigs and chickens, and they set up all these little stables, and a cardinal comes out. I think it was usually Cardinal Camastri, maybe, and he does a blessing of the farm animals. Nice. And I don't think they did that this year. I didn't even go over there, but in years past, it's it's kind of fun to go see all these animals that have no business being in the city center of Rome. (laughs) (laughs) And they know it. They're like, what am I doing here? So this church, you had a story. Yeah. So this is a titular church for a American, um, Cardinal DiNardo of Houston. And I was studying in Rome in 08 when he came to accept his titular. So they get the titular, like when they become cardinals, they're assigned the titular church, but then they often come and have mass with the parish community and it's the parish community welcoming them to their church. And so we were studying in Rome and we went partly because it was an American cardinal and even though the mass was going to be in Italian and partly because Cardinal DiNardo, I was studying at that time with Franciscan University of Steubenville and Cardinal DiNardo was actually born in Steubenville, Ohio. So, um, you know, he and Dean Martin are Steubenville's greatest Residents. I don't think Cardinal Donardo ever really lived in Steubenville, <laughs> but um, so we went and we were like, "Oh, Cardinal Donardo, we're you know from Steubenville," and in his Arthur Fonzarelli way, because he reminds me of Fonzie. I don't know. He acknowledged that, and then we got free food from the Italians after mass, and then left. Very good. So I've been in the church a few times, Station Church, and then for him when he accepted his titular, which is a really neat ceremony to see, kind of the Italian community welcoming. This cardinal, and probably hoping that they'll get some chandeliers from the Waldorf Astoria. Exactly. Well, Houston, maybe they have like oil money to restore the church or something. Ooh, that's true. Actually, you know, they paid for the scavi. So yeah. So I mentioned yesterday that, or maybe did I do that today? I don't know. That I've only been to this church one time, and it was a few days ago, right after they announced our lockdown. I realized I'd never been inside, so I wanted to get some shots for my videos. Um, but the entire front of it is just covered in scaffolding. They're like doing some major renovation. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Houston yeah, money. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to a, um, a church, the titular church when a Cardinal was receiving it, it was uh, Cardinal Dolan's. Oh, so nice. he's at our lady of Guadalupe in Monte Mario. And that was interesting. So I, I've done a lot of pilgrimages with Lino Rulli, and he works for Cardinal Dolan, like on the media side of things. And so we had a group in town, and he wanted to go see his boss receive his church. And so we took a bus. It was like 30-something people, Americans, up to Monte Mario. And that's like the suburbs. Like there's no Americans in Monte Mario ever. Um, but yeah, we we rolled up in our big pink bus. My driver has a pink bus. And parked out in front of this tiny little church. It's a really small church. And all piled out of our bus and went into the mass. And I think they were shocked to see us, but they were very welcoming. <laughs> and and also they had some snacks and things like that after the mass. And so that was fun. Um, and then not long after that was the conclave. Yes. So. Another thing about titular churches is what often happens is when all the cardinals come to Rome, they celebrate, I don't want to say it's their final mass, but (laughs) what could be their final mass as just a random cardinal, 
they go to their titular church. And so when the conclave was beginning or a couple of days before, uh, a, a group of us went up to Cardinal Dolan's church to see his final mass. Cause again, I was with Lino, so he had to go see his boss, but other ones did it too. Like, um, the, the Boston Cardinal, he had his at his parish. And anyway, it was funny because, you know, all the Cardinal Dolan, he's very popular in America, not so much here, like nobody knows who he is, but there were tons and tons of journalists that were there to see this famous American oh. Cardinal at what could be his last public appearance as Cardinal. Um, and so the church was packed with people, all these cameras outside and after the mass, he came out to the front and he just kind of waved at everybody. And then there's this gate um, in the back. And so they let some journalists in and I'm very good at getting into places I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> you are. And so I kind of slid past all the security and I got into the, into the crowd of journalists. And so they were interviewing him before you know, he went into behind closed doors or whatever. And they were asking him like some good questions, I guess, but some silly ones too, like how many pairs of red socks did you bring or something like silly oh. stuff. Silly. But then there were, there were a couple good questions and they said, all right, we're going to take one more. And somebody just randomly pointed at me. I was standing like shoulder to shoulder with him, with Cardinal Dolan. Like that's where I ended up. <laughs> And so in all the pictures and videos of him being interviewed and questioned about the conclave beginning, I'm in the picture. Um, That's hilarious. But anyway, I'm not a journalist. And they said, all right, one more question. And they, somebody pointed at me and I, I was just kind of on the spot. And I said, well, I've, I've got a group of Americans. They'd love to meet you. They're just outside the gate. And he was like, oh, sure. And so when he left, he got in his car and he drove out and he saw me and he stopped and rolled down the window, and all my group got to come over and talk to him. And so all these journalists were just like shocked that he would stop and talk to these random mm. people. And so they all gave me their business cards. They wanted to talk to our people and get them on the news. And so pretty much everybody in my group was interviewed that week on like CNN, MSNBC, ABC, uh, like WGN, like people in Chicago and news networks in New York. And it was just fun, crazy time, but all because I kind of snuck into somewhere I didn't that belong. That is funny. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times when Amer like American journalists are over there, they are looking for English-speaking Americans to kind of get there. Um, we found that in the conclave of for Benedict. Like everybody wanted to talk to us because they were like, hey, here's an American interview, which right. is fun. Yeah. So. Well, I'll be ready for the next one. Get my yes. get all my English contacts yes. ready for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> interviews. Yes. Okay, so we didn't really talk much about this church at all. Just a couple things. <laughs> yeah, there's not. I mean, it's just a nice old station church with you know the it was a titulus and it was on his house and now his relics are there. Very classic for a station church, right? Yep, very classic. Um, there's some nice old art. There's a nice statue of Mary. There's a little Pieta, not Michelangelo's, um, but a, a Jesus. He's got like a real crown of thorns near him. So there's some nice stuff in here, but it's uh, it's not a church most people are going to visit. But if you happen to be in this shady part of town, you may as well walk into <laughs> the in. church. Yeah. Or if you're from yeah. Houston, you should go and support the 
support the local Houston community. Yes. Okie dokie. Well, that's it for today. Happy Feast of St. Joseph. And yeah, have a good day, Mountain. You too, Joni. Bye, people. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, listeners. Ciao.